0: Nothing is more gay than this.
1: Everyone's so gay. Everyone's so hot. There is absolutely something for everyone.
0: Yep, that's a queer vibe. Wow. <laughs> she is gay. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I'm like, this does not feel heterosexual at no. all.
1: <laughs> this is a gay movie happy valentine's day everyone and welcome to a bonus episode
0: uh yeah this is an episode we recorded in 2023
1: yeah almost a little over a year ago i think
0: all right because we both love the next generation and we're like let's talk about how obsessed q is with picard so we did a random episode about it
1: yeah, it was a bonus episode for our other podcast Escape from Reality.
0: This is very timely for Valentine's Day because our conversation is half talking about uh Jordi and Data being boyfriends and the other half is Q's obsession with Jean-Luc Picard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's just so appropriate. Um I was going to release it, you know, our we usually come out on Tuesday, so I was going to release it yesterday as of you listening to this and then i was like wait a second this is a valentine's day episode so yeah um you know in honor of us maybe becoming a star trek episode have a little star trek bonus i hope you enjoy it we will be back next week with uh episode three of next generation the naked now another Very horny episode, (laughs) though, not a very horny episode of our podcast, just a horny episode of television, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're both a little bit like, why is this weirdly horny? It does not need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. And, you know, between now and next week, if you if you miss us, we do make a bunch of other podcasts and you can go listen to those. Everything's in the show notes as usual. And uh Enjoy.
0: Once again, because we do what we want, we are actually just picking an episode from season three of says Star Trek Enterprise. Jesus, <laughs> of the next generation. Because next generation doesn't really have a plot as much as it's just like space UN peacekeepers going around having adventures. Mm-hmm. That is the entire thesis of Star Trek The Next Generation.
1: It's yeah, it's like, I think I said this on the um our most recent episode of Chuck Tingle. Like, this is a show that I have now watched like twice in as many years because it's like almost zero stakes. Like, there you you're never worried about what's going to happen in an episode, uh, at least in like the first like five seasons of TNG, and it's really, it's really just about relationships. It's not hardly even ever about, like, the A-plot, you know?
0: So. Yeah, which I think is maybe Gene Roddenberry is the creator of Star Trek. I feel like maybe that was a lot of his influence, mm-hmm. I think. Um, As just a really, I want to say just a really weird dude. Uh, But kind of. <laughs> like a weird good dude, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, anyway, so today we are talking about Oh, I did not write down the name of this episode. Uh Deja Q. Deja Q.
1: <laughs> Cause gay people love puns.
0: Gay people do love puns. Yes. This is episode 13 of season three. Um so we start off with the Enterprise and her Q and her crew. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise and their and her crew helping out a random planet that has some kind of rogue moon crashing into the planet when their very own trickster god entity slash eldritch horror, Q, arrives to flash everyone on deck his dick. Q theme! Um, (laughs) So it turns out Q, who is in fact the Star Trek trickster god, has done some really shitty behavior that has gotten gotten him in trouble at work. And he's been, uh, kicked out of Trickster Guard Incorporated to be a lowly, mortal human. He got to choose the species to become mortal with, and he chose human after his crush, I mean, BFF, Jean-Luc Picard. So he's, uh, just crashing up Picard's couch, aka his ship, but because literally everyone on this ship has been menaced by him before, everyone's like, fuck you, Q, you're going to the brig. Only the timing of this whole thing is pretty bad because I still got to deal with the A plot of preventing this moon from crashing into this planet. But Q is like, decide. I just happen to have all of this like deep space knowledge, so you should spring me from jail and I'll help you out. Uh, except that at the same time all this is happening, uh, Q is also being harassed by a giant space neuron species Because it turns out he's pissed off a lot of aliens and he's in fact run to Picard because he knows that he'll get some protection. Which is true, even though Picard wants to just leave him at the next starport and have him be someone else's problem. But Data, of all people, has been won over by Q's plight of surprise humanity and thinks that he should stay on board. We've still not figured out how to get this, how to stop this moon from doing its thing, but they've got Q in engineering Acting like the worst sullen Nepo intern ever. <laughs> but thankfully, Jordy is literally the fucking best, and with a little bit of help from Q, has figured out how to pull the moon back. Only, whoops, they're still being attacked by the neuron alien thing. And it is fucking up the ship and trying to kill Q, which Dana tries to save Q and gets electrocuted for his troubles. So Q is feeling introspective about his near-death experience, and it turns out he does have some fucks to give. After telling Data that he's a better human than Q is, which, duh, Q steals the shuttle on a suicide mission so the neuron alien will stop attacking the Enterprise. But Picard just can't let Q die. But for whatever reason, all of the technology they try to use to save Q is failing for some reason. But it's just another Q. In fact, a frenemy of the Q that we know, and this Q tells... Ogq, that I think your crush is reciprocated, but whatever. You did like this selfless selfless act so you could be a Q again. So, OGQ uses his newly restored powers to bring a full Moriartya band to serenade his crush. Picard, still not amused. Q, though, at least gives his buddy Data the gift of laughter and wraps up the A-pot by getting the moon back back in its order. Just for once, everyone lives. And we end... The episode with another gay pun in which Q gives Picard a Cuban cigar. <laughs> the end. The end.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think another way to sum up this episode is... AU where Q becomes human and has to turn to Picard for protection. M slash M, Dom sub 10,000 words.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to look for that <laughs> immediately after we record this episode.
1: Oh my God. Because this is literally a fanfic plot. It's like, oh, this God becomes human and has to be delivered to his crush for protection.
0: <laughs> this is a <the> reason. <laughs> People love tropes because when it's done well, you're just like, yes, I do, in fact, want to see this band. Also, I want to see them bone. <laughs> uh, it's,
1: yeah, so we're not doing um, sections listeners because I finished taking my notes and texted Jesse and was like, my notes are entirely vibe based. I have no idea how I would even go about putting them into segments. So we're just we're just not. <laughs>
0: All right, well then, yeah, we should... Do you want to start on your first thing? And then... Literally three quarters
1: of my notes are just lines, like sexually charged (laughs) lines that Q (laughs) says to Picard. So I think we should just, like, have a conversation and we can just, like, pick the things out of our notes that, like, apply to that moment in the conversation. But, like, yeah, so this... The premise of this episode, I would argue that the A-plot is Q becomes human, and the B plot is like, oh, a moon is crashing into a
0: planet. It really is. It truly is. Yeah, that's sort of like, oh, yeah, we gotta fix this whole moon problem. But anyway, Q gets to go to the Enterprise Lounge. Yeah, he gets
1: turned mortal, and he's like, here's what I want you to do. Make me human. Deliver me naked to Picard. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um I also have to point out that this episode is also the originator of the Picard facepalm meme. Oh really? It, yep. It, it like it's, it's like a split second of either before the theme song or right after the theme song when he does it and like that's <laughs> like oh my god.
1: <laughs> it's so incredible cuz like the first thing that happens once they get him dressed is he just starts bitching about the clothes that he's been given not being his colors and you're just like okay be gayer like what are you doing
0: yeah he's complaining about the colors and also about having to wear clothing and i'm like (laughs) (sighs) all right friend (laughs) for real I mean, for the record, they do find him the most drab looking like olive green and like brownish gray.
1: That's true, which is, I'm sure, an intentional dig because they know how flamboyant Q prefers to be dressed.
0: Yeah. After like Q has shown up and everyone's just like, what the fuck? We don't actually believe or trust you. I think that Worf should have really received a medal for not, in fact... Snapping Q's spine immediately with mm-hmm. like his just like ramble of like racist adjacent things that he is saying. Yeah, and I'm just like give Worf a medal <laughs> for <laughs> not just straight up murdering him in the first ten minutes of this episode.
1: Seriously, oh um, my god! I Worf, the actor who plays Worf, has like an incredibly attractive voice such a good voice and some like when Q is like what must I do to convince you people and Worf is just like die I like oh my god I love
0: it so much i just like this is great Worf is Worf is in general an excellent character so yeah it's 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 good that we see him in this episode just being like working so hard to like rein it in
1: yeah, and getting getting the satisfaction of being... Like, the part where he throws Q in the brig and then, like, turns the thing on and gets to watch Q just, like, walk into the wall of energy, I feel like must have been so gratifying for mm-hmm. Worf.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, a thing that I really love about Riker's character generally is that his, like, resting face... He has, like, resting, like, lustily intrigued face. And that is on like 11 throughout this entire episode every time picard is like making claims about how much he hates q and wants him to go away and like q is flirting with him and Riker's just like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) so great he knows exactly what's going
0: on yeah i mean he is because like and i feel like so much of this stuff is like filtered back when i was watching the episode but i feel like Riker's whole vibe of being essentially always down to fuck. It's just already excellent. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and oh for him God. to just be like, uh huh, all right, Picard, sure, you want to just get that space shuttle back, whatever. Bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this episode, but. <laughs> There's this episode where Wesley has a crush on someone and is trying, like is asking Riker to teach him how to flirt. So Riker and Guinan sit down together in 10 forward and like Riker starts just like pulling out the cheesiest fucking lines, but like, He's hot and Guinan is hot. And so they're just like making eye contact and the lines are working. And Wesley just is getting like increasingly uncomfortable. And he's like, should I go? And Guinan's like, shut up, kid. <laughs> you're just like, oh my God, are you two going to
0: go fuck her now? <laughs> oh, I mean, so you're excellent. saying that they maybe haven't already. Which that's
1: true. That's true.
0: I would believe. I mean, Guinan does whatever the fuck she wants. And I'm like, Good continue to do that
1: <laughs> yes yes it's really great highly recommend re-watching i don't have any idea what episode it is but that scene is beautiful
0: i, I but i could look it up uh as you can imagine the uh fandom wiki for star wars is star wars whoops the fandom wiki for star trek is incredibly detailed yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> So I I can definitely find that episode. <laughs> um. Oh my god! I guess since we can jump around, we should talk about guy in this episode, played yes, fanta- fantastically by Whoopi Goldberg, who herself said that she was inspired by. Oh my god! What is her name? While well, I'm blanking out, the woman who played Ahura in the original series. Um, I was always glad to see Whoopi in any episode of Next Generation. She just looks fabulous, and she just doesn't take any shit. And the fact that she is in this episode just claws out about how much she fucking hates Q is every second of their interaction is a joy.
1: It is. It's so wonderful.
0: Um, also, she stabbed him with a fork mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like, "Oh, so you're human." You <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I love it.
0: Mm. She is wearing a sparkly hat that's like teardrop shaped on top, and this like beautiful drapey outfit that also has like some sparkle, like sparkly horizontal lines on it.
1: Mm. One of my favorite things about this series as a whole is their absolute confidence that in the future, everything will be so shiny and sparkly. Like, every piece of material that like a bedspread or like a fancy dress or a tablecloth is made out of looks like the worst thing you could possibly touch with your hands. But it is all (laughs) so sparkly and incredible. And I'm just like, I, this is so gay. This show is so gay. Like (laughs) (laughs) whoever went to like Joanne fabric and was like, yeah, just load me up with every glittery fabric you have. I have a lot of, I have a lot of beds to to make for this <laughs> T V show. Like, okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> this is how we know that we're living in the worst timeline, is that you know, less sparkly outfits, more fascism. Mm, yeah. But since we brought up fabrics, we could talk about could talk about some aesthetic stuff. Yes. Uh so the brick looks like a cross between IKEA furniture and like a modern art piece and I'm like, I'm actually really digging this. Time. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, you're not wrong.
0: Like it's very small, but I'm like, my dude, a place like that in Brooklyn is like five thousand dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. And also just like the soft past shells of the ship walls. Like when they're walking through the corridors and like all the doors are like a very soft salmon. And I'm like, (gasps) I love the, just like the eighties aesthetic of the (laughs) side of the enterprise. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It is. It is lovely. It's so, Oh my God. There every once in a while, you just get like hit full on in the face with like the eighties, early nineties of the show. Like there's an episode where, for absolutely no reason, Crusher and Troy are like doing like weird gymnastics y yoga y something or other together in the morning, and they're both wearing like iridescent leggings and like leotards. And you're like, yeah, this is what people wore in like workout VHS tapes in 1992, you know? And they were just like, no, this is exactly what we'll still be dressing like to do workouts in the 400 years from now because it's perfect. And you're like, you know what? It is perfect. So
0: It honestly attracts, you know? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, everything old is just new again. So, of course, they're just wearing 80s workout clothing. Um, I'm also surprised because I feel like I kind of forgot what a babe Beverly Crusher is. Hmm. <laughs> Like, Strong she just, take. One episode. You're right. Uh, I've always been partial for a redhead. And I'm just like, she just comes in also to, to just be the most smart ass to cute. this episode.
1: That's very true. She is fun in this episode. She is like, if you do the like... Every friend group has one sort of breakdown. I feel like Crusher is the token straight who's on thin ice. And so that's <laughs> sort of generally
0: my feeling about her. Oh my god! Wait, we should definitely do one of those for the for this for this episode though. And every Gladly. friend group needs breakdown. We should do one for this episode, maybe to involve for Q. this
1: episode specifically.
0: Yeah, because we yeah. have to bring Q in. Ezlo ends that every friend group needs.
1: Okay literally I'm like looking at my notes literally it is like mostly just lines like Hugh says he's such a he's such a bratty bottom <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah I call him a dirt bag in my notes especially in the part where he's in the elevator and he's like oh I have to like shower and like wear clothes and like <laughs> breathe and like deal with my skin and I'm like okay <laughs> So hard for him. And I'm God, also like,
1: it would be so terrible though if you turned from like an entity that like didn't actually always have physical form and so never had to worry about that to suddenly being in a like horrible human suit. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I know. And no one even explained to him about like after you eat, you have to go to the bathroom, which I'm sure would have been.
1: <laughs> That's true. Especially if you eat 10 chocolate sundaes.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, considering like a third of swear words are about shitting and pissing is sort of like, you know, it's, just a, it's a gross human thing. And I yeah. feel like it would probably be very startling if you were not ever having to do that.
1: True. I love the line when Picard comes to him and when he's in the brig and is like, you know about this, like accusing him basically of like having caused whatever the, the problem is. And Q is like, How could I know what's going on? I've been alone, bored, helpless. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh my God. And then literally it was like, I need Guidance. <laughs> like, I got Tona down.
0: And then you're like, oh, is that what they're calling it these days? Is guidance.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just literally reminded me of that episode of Buffy where Harmony is like, I'm
0: simply covered in these blue veins. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, that is, that is essentially what is happening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's so horny. I fucking love it.
0: Yeah. And Picard did not take the bait because he was just 110% done with everything Uh, about Q.
1: So he says I'm team Riker in this where it's like okay Picard because (laughs) literally the second Q might actually die. He's like bring him back actually. I don't think I'm going to let that happen.
0: Yeah. 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 It takes him. Yeah. Like not even a second to be like oh wait we can't just let him go die by this alien thing.
1: Yeah. Uh like i didn't even top him yet we have to to wait
0: i mean i feel like for the record i feel like there is a lot of characters in this show that also want also would like picard to top them so i feel that's sort of like the undercurrent of a lot of his (laughs) interactions which is great because like it's weird i'm so used to seeing patrick stewart now that like seeing him like From, like, essentially 30 years ago. I'm like, oh, wow, you look so young, my dude. Yeah. I mean, he looks a lot of ways the same. (laughs) Yeah. But... Uh, Sorry, I I was
1: doing math. I wasn't questioning your statement. I was like, was that 30? Yes, that was 30 years ago. Yeah, no, he's... He's really hot. He's He's honestly... Every time I think about, like, when this you know, semi-recent thing on the internet of being like, oh, the one, like, body-shaming thing that we can do that's, like, totally fine is making fun of men for being bald. And every time I see someone doing that, I'm like, how would you feel if Patrick Stewart was looking at you right now? Because I think you would feel embarrassed. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. And he's been, like, I feel like spent almost his entire career being bald, but, like... He's a total smoke show. <laughs> like, he's so hot.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I think he went bald when he was like in his late 20s. Um, yeah, another, I don't remember who. I think Q says this to Data that his goal is to prove to Picard that he's indispensable. <laughs> like, oh my God. He's I, just
0: like, I just I, need my crush to be acknowledged. Yeah. I I, I just
1: really need him to acknowledge me, please. (laughs) I can die after that, but, like, not not until he recognizes
0: it. I know. I love when he, like, goes to Picard's room and is just like, this brush with death is really just making me have all of these feelings. And Picard is like, I'm just going to literally sip my tea and not give a fuck. Uh (laughs) And I'm just like, he just does... Like I'm just going to put on this facade that I am completely unaffected because, yeah,
1: <laughs> so it doesn't happen i don't I don't think it happens in this episode, but a thing that usually happens in episodes that Q is in is that he calls Picard Mon Capitan. <laughs> That's like his special nickname for it. And I've been trying really hard to work that into the rotation of like pet names that I use for Epic. <laughs> it just makes me laugh so much. It is. Her-
0: <laughs> Wait, doesn't he say that when he comes back and he has the mariachi band? Oh, he might. Yep, he does. But that's the only one. But like he's also like scream singing it. <laughs> yeah, like a mariachi band. It's
1: so fucking good. <sighs> yeah, and the fact that like the first thing that he does when he gets his powers back, like before he even goes back to the Enterprise, is put on a Starfleet uniform.
0: <laughs> he's like, we have to match. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to respect me. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny um i really want to talk about q and data yes me too it's like one of my favorite things about this episode uh is just data sort of like almost like instant affection for q and his like plight about like all of a sudden being a person and being like oh i can help you with the human thing and i'm like that's so cute
1: it is so cute
0: uh, and it's just like really endearing. And then he and the data immediately cuts it off. And it's like, how dare you undermine my bestie Jordy in engineering? I think you it's, mean boyfriend. How dare you undermine my bestie <laughs> slash boyfriend Jordy in engineering? This is his realm. Uh, uh-uh, uh no, none of that.
1: Yeah, and then it it like the basically exact same thing happens with between Jordy and Picard regarding Q, like. Slightly later, where Jordy's just fucking had it, and he's like, He's not worth it, Captain, because like he tried to kill my boyfriend. <laughs> like, I have no more room for this man. Look, Data might die. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Who knows what being electrocuted is going to do to someone who's an android? Like,
1: yeah. The love between Jordy and Data is like one of my favorite things about this series overall. And like, in my mind, Riker is their like occasional third.
0: That would make sense to me,
1: right? But like, oh my god, they just like they just love each other so much.
0: It makes me so happy. It is really good.
1: Um, sorry, I took us away from the the data Q relationship. No, that was though. that was
0: an that was an important segue, which is the internal love between Jordi and Data, and yeah, and just sort of like Q end up sort of begrudgingly realizing that he has affection for Data also at the end of this episode because mm-hmm. that's like literally who. Everyone else would have been like, whoops, I guess Q died, whatever, you know? Yeah. But like, except for Data, who was like, no, this is the correct thing to do. (laughs)
1: Yep.
0: So, I don't know, it's just, it's so nice.
1: It's really, the way that I watch this show is that every time Data mentions something that is like very obviously a feeling, I just shout sounds like a feeling. Because there's, like, this insistence that he doesn't have emotions.
0: But he has so many feelings in this episode. So many feelings. (laughs) And,
1: like, what is... Hang on. He says, like, you have accomplished in, in outcastness what I have always yearned to achieve. Like, humanity, right? And I'm just like, yearning is an emotion. Like so so many things that data's like no i can't feel i just like am curious about i just want you're like what do you think drives those things fucking feelings and like his compassion for q comes from empathy like there's nothing else that it could come from and i think the like very obvious like autistic read of data makes it make a lot of sense because like empathy shouldn't necessarily be like context specific based on like how much you like a person as an individual. It's like, is he suffering or is he not suffering? And that's what should be taken into account. And so Data's just like, this situation sounds objectively very hard. Therefore, Q is in need of empathy. He doesn't necessarily need to be here or like yeah. endangering my friends and family. But like, yeah. I do think it's worth, like, caring a little bit that he's struggling right now because he's a human in pain, you know? Right.
0: hmm Yeah. And then also just sort of the, that feeling of, oh, hell no, you did not just try to undermine my fucking boyfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, that was, that is a, like, I mean, I mean, it's Data, so, like, his, like, tone doesn't change, and, like, the words he is using don't, like, change, but I'm like, he got real unfriendly real quick about that. It was so
1: (laughs) catty. It's so good. Because Q's like, who does he think he is to talk to me like that? And Data says, Jordy thinks he is in charge here, and he is correct. And then just walks away, and it's, like, yeah, such a good (laughs) bird.
0: Truly! So... So. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is like this is also a very uh, just excellent uh, data episode. Even if he does get zapped pretty hard by. Sorry, I keep calling these alien space neurons because they literally look like the diagrams of when you're like, this is like the neurons in your brain. It's like a little, it has like a nuclei and then like a weird cloud around it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is just.
1: I didn't write down what they're called. It starts with a C, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. The neurons is a fine thing to call them.
0: Yeah, that's just what they look like to me. So I'm like, space neurons. Got mm-hmm. it. Does Nothing else matters about them. <laughs> um, besides that they feel pain, and Q apparently figured that out, which is like, how do you, how do you piss off space neurons? <laughs> like, why?
1: Because <laughs> he's just like a general antagonist, which is... A weird job to have i
0: don't know <laughs> i love how even they're even into the other cues are like okay slow your roll <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i guess there's always just the one person at your job that's just like wow what what are you doing <laughs> can you not <laughs>
1: right. and i don't know if it's like yeah it's like his job slash also just like his species i don't know i mean he i guess he does actually kind of have a very like ancient god kind of vibe like i don't know loki or i'm sure there's a trickster or greek god that i can think of but they all are kind of trickstery so
0: yeah 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 i mean they're definitely pulling from like trickster god very directly yeah but i don't know i feel like the whole like q compendium
1: continuum
0: continue the q continuum and like The sort of Star Trek's Q being kind of like, I do what I want. And mostly what I want is to hang out with humans and, like, fuck with them. It it feels a little bit sort of like the relationship the Doctor has with the Gallifreyan hierarchy. And just sort of him just being like, I do what I want. And, like, part of it is that the Doctor is, like, the last of his species. So that's a much different thing than, like, what's going on with Q. Mm -hmm. But just sort of being a, like, you know. And obviously the Doctor is a little bit more fun and empathetic than Q normally is as a character. But yeah. <laughs> I almost put in my notes just like Star Trek Doctor Who's description. Because he just like he just pops in and out and does what he wants. And the humans are just like, what is happening? Well we're very off topic. Anyway, yeah. There's no just...
1: such thing as off topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love trickster alien uh as uh as a trope? It's great.
1: It's great. <laughs>
0: And yeah, Q's definitely on the kind of morally ambiguous slash kind of evil end of that. <laughs> or like waivers, I guess, between those.
1: Yeah. I do want to say that in reading about it, uh, much like Eliza Dushku intentionally playing Faith being in love with Buffy, the actor who plays Q has always been intentionally playing him as in love with Picard. Which is fair it's yes. so good um and also apparently the second season of star trek picard is very heavily focused on their relationship but not in as gay a way as i think i want
0: <sighs> which is very unfortunate it's like it's 2023 they can be gay now <laughs> yeah and i think the also now.
1: wants wants it to be like more explicitly about that but um mm-hmm. it's not that's okay I mean, I don't know if it's okay or not. I'll watch it and get back to you about if I think it's okay. Yeah. What else?
0: I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. I think if in my ideal version of the next generation, you wouldn't have both cues being just like white dudes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, And I don't know. It also seems weird for Q to like, I mean, I guess you could, if you're an omnipotent trickster god, you can give yourself whatever kind of pronouns. But I feel like there's so much you could be doing with that character (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that I feel like if you were doing this contemporarily, maybe you could actually have the space to sort of explore. Like, it'd be cool if like Q just showed up as like in different human suits every time, you know, like, and I mean, I guess. I I understand maybe why you wouldn't do that, and obviously the guy who plays Q is very good at what he does, you know, and has been doing it for yeah, like thirty years. Yeah, but that could have been fun, I guess, in a in a different kind of world.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: (laughs) But I don't want to end on a downer note, so I do want to talk about (laughs) Q handing out gifts at the end of this episode. And I just love Riker's unspoken, like, I don't need your fanny's women because I can get my own women. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's really good. It also just made me think of that part in the You've Never Had a Friend Like Me song in Aladdin, where Genie makes some very similar, like, the whole setup of the, like, shot is very similar. He makes two, like, sexy ladies appear. On either side of Aladdin and then disappears them. Um, I don't know which came first. Uh
0: actually I think I think this did. This episode came so out too. in nineteen ninety. And Aladdin is 93? Okay. 92, ninety-three? Okay. 93?
1: Yeah, I wonder if it was a if it was an intentional reference.
0: Considering the amount of adult pop culture references in Aladdin, that would not surprise me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And like who becomes like Disney animators, you know, fucking nerds. So,
0: yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, so many nerds are Disney. Although, animators. I think
1: it's really funny because, like, we think of Star Trek being like a nerdy thing to be into. And I think that by the time we were growing up, it had become a nerdy thing to be into. But this show had like one of the highest budgets of TV shows when it was coming out. Like, mm-hmm. The special effects are so good because they had so much money for practical effects. And like, you know, there weren't very many TV shows on in the late 80s. So like, no, it can't have been that nerdy. Like this was not a niche program. So much a large percentage of the population was tuning in to watch this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess I would assume it must be the thing where it's like a lot, a lot of people have watched say the next generation casually, but probably less people have like gone to a convention or like made a fanzine and like that sort of level or like gone on sort of the, whatever early internet websites you could be making to like talk about Star Trek. And Mm -hmm. I guess I'm assuming that that is sort of the demarcation line where it's like, you know, before smartphones, you'd have to like, go physically be with people <laughs> who are seriously into star trek
1: yeah yeah is there anything else you want to talk about
0: no i think we covered everything that i cool. have written down i don't know i know you had a bunch of lines if you wanted to continue to talk about those no that's
1: okay um i love that we end this episode just on data just cracking up <laughs> Uh yeah. It's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> it's like, what a what an excellent <laughs> gift. Like, he's like, all the gifts I've given to the crew, everyone's like, eh. And then he, of course, puts the moon that's supposed to crash into this planet back where it's supposed Changes to be. Changes the
1: gravitational constant of the universe. Easy peasy.
0: Just like, you know, just like you do. But yeah, giving giving Data, like, just the joy of laughter for, like, let alone five seconds is just, it was just so great.
1: Yeah. and That actor, the actor who plays Data... I love that the show is is so aware of like what a treasure they have in him and like the just range of things that he's able to deliver. And then, you know, they don't always use it because it would get kind of tiresome if they were like Data was always doing something weird. But like when they do, you're like, oh, my God, this is such a good
0: actor. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. that yeah. Laughter scene.
0: The funny thing is, I think the only other thing, so, okay, so the only other thing that I have seen him in is Independence Day, where he's playing the sort of, like, wacky Area 51 scientist, where he has, like, this, like, long hippie hair, and he's just like, do you want to see some aliens? It's just (laughs) the complete (laughs) opposite of Data. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just like, oh, you really do have... This like great comedic range that I wish you were in more stuff to show on. Yeah.
1: I might put a clip of of that the laughing in at the end of this just so that everyone can have a have a laugh as our outro.
0: It is it is really good. And I like how everyone on everyone on deck is like, What is happening? <laughs> but everyone's like, but it's also kind of like what is so funny? Tell us and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh no, like I don't think there's a literal twinkle, but it's like a heavily implied twinkle when he's like, it was a wonderful feeling. And like, you just sort of like hear glitter sounds, you know, in your soul. You hear them mm-hmm. in your soul.
0: Yeah. Like if this is a comic book, all of the circles in that would have been like hearts in the font. Yeah. <laughs>
1: something. Yeah. Oh, so. I love it. I know. I love Data so much.
0: I do say though, I was because I do remember the, I didn't remember this episode, and I'm glad that it was laughter, but I'm like, you're this omnipotent God, essentially. You should have given Data the ability to taste fucking ice cream. Like, I don't know. Like give him some <laughs> give him some like functioning taste buds. Like that would be cool.
1: You give him the knowledge that he is in fact experiencing feelings though. Something.
0: I mean the laughter is the laughter is good. He's trying.
1: Yeah, it is. No, I think it's lovely. Oh, my God. I I hope that you just, like, rewatch this so that you can tell me about the ones that you're watching and I can, like, geek out with you about it. There's one where Data is, like, trying to learn how to sneeze. It's, so good. And Shorty's just like, Data, what are you doing? It's really cute.
0: Oh, my God. I definitely have to watch that. I also loved every episode uh, as a child, of course, loved a verse so the worst spot the cat showed up. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, which, what a good name for a ginger cat, I swear. Anyway.
1: It's so funny. I fucking love it. Yes. <laughs> like, love the idea of giving animals like really stereotypical animal names that actually don't correlate to why people give animals those names. Yeah. It's great.
0: It's really good. Yeah,
1: it's like naming an, like, all black cat socks. And you're like, wait, but it doesn't have the, the wait, why? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you can be like, well, they wearing black socks, obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Now I got to get a cat.
0: Mm, I'll get a cat for you. It's fine. Actually, okay, give get, get Data, like, three more cats. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Truly. Um, This was lovely. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget that your input will decide the future of this podcast. So recruit your friends, let everyone know. Whichever way you uh, are hoping our future conversations will go, spreading the word is the way to make that happen. Yeah. Again, thanks so much for listening. Okay. Bye.